Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time talking for about. Mortgage Matters. Good morning. Try that again. I got one headphone out, so when I couldn't hear myself either, I was like, ruh row. Hey, guys, thanks for being with us this morning. It's uh, July 26th. It's going to be a hot one. I'm not talking about the day. I'm talking about the show, Dan. Uh. <laughs> Your mic's not on either. There you go. Say ah again. Ah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back. I got all kinds of issues right now, man. I can't connect to the internet. Yeah, there's there's changes abound here at the radio station. Yeah. Getting the parking lot re-coded or sealed or whatever that is. New yeah. router, so we're trying to connect. I, I heard there's a major change for this show, too. There is Indeed. an upcoming yeah. change. In fact, this is the last show... Ever for Mortgage Matters, the ten to noon hour. Do you have some music that feels very concluding? We should have. We should play taps or something. Do you know? I was kind of reminiscing about this last night <laughs> that our original showtime was eleven a.m. Oh. Back when we started, when we were just a half hour show, eleven to eleven thirty. So we are vacating our original time slot that we've always occupied. Huh. And we're now going to be moving from uh, the show is going to be starting next week, next Saturday. Mortgage Matters will start at 9 a.m. and go until 11 a.m. I had no idea you were such like a romantic. Come on. I, that... <laughs> exactly what I was looking for. for the <laughs> Trying to figure out it's what. Supposed to be the Bad Boys Pops theme. Oh, okay. There it is. There it is. Bad Boys. Your Bad Boys are moving the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go with that it. That was a reach. Yeah. That's a reach. Jim's running on short sleep today. Yeah. <laughs> that All was right. weird, man. Let me get you some headphones, sir, Jason. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that was a weird way of saying that we're moving. <laughs> we're going to go. See, we're going to scoot forward from the old 10 o'clock spot to the new 9 o'clock spot. The goal here is to... Uh, Preserve those listeners that tune in for good local radio and then change the channel and move on when the, the krill oil, colon cleanser, whatever all that infomercial stuff is that runs them all. I And for those of you that love it, we found out, don't worry, it's going to come on after our show now. So it's not like you're going to lose it. You're still going to have all those great infomercials for you. <laughs> that's That's kind of funny. You don't think so? You seem unimpressed. Oh, I'm very impressed. All right. Hey, so we have uh, the final 10 to 12 two-hour show today. We're going to have uh, Lindsay Harn on from 11 to noon. She's the... She'll be our last 11 to noon guest. Wow, look at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should be like a... You should write headlines, I think. That's like headline writing stuff. It really is. This is the last guest ever at that time slot. Since May 24th. 
that's pretty. It cool. is exciting though to change. I woke up this morning and and I thought I would have already had to leave. Oh my gosh, I need to leave already. Yeah, that's that exactly. <laughs> what but I was we'll get thinking. to start our weekend a little earlier, so that'll be nice. Very nice. Trying to make my way over to my notes here, Dan. Oh, okay. I did I did my usual prep work stuff. Feeling a little bit unusual. You know, last week, uh, I, I got feedback yesterday that there was a listener was shocked and surprised that we had Dale Kaiser on for two weeks in a row. Did we? Yeah. Oh, because we had a rerun last week. Yeah, we had a last minute scheduling problem and then couldn't. I couldn't. I just couldn't come do two hours alone. I know you guys think I can talk that long. <laughs> I know you can, but it is it is a little intimidating to come in here and talk to yourself for two hours. Yeah. Some people might think that's weird. I don't even like to be alone for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a, a caller. I recognize this name. Marilyn yeah. calling from San yes, Luis Obispo. I'm thrilled that you're moving. Are you? And not moving away, just moving forward. And taking that stupid commercial guy off the air. Yeah. I am happy. Me too. <laughs> now we're going to be so, able to offer three consecutive hours of local live talk radio. Three? Oh well, my God, we're not going to do three. I, <laughs> we're, we're done. We're maxed out at two, but there's motor mouths ahead of us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I listen to them. <laughs> and thank you very much. You gave me a great present. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Have a good morning. All right, you too. I think it is an exciting change. You know, it's. I, I think that's one of the nice things about the community that we have. We have these local, um, you know, local folks who get on Saturday morning radio and, and offer their expertise well, on their nice, subject. And... It's a nice carryover. Like during the week when you're listening to Congleton or, you know, King Harris, whatever you you like to listen to I a lot of people that listen to our show listen to kvc during the week that's sure. how they found us and then when i'm driving into the radio show on saturday morning i have to change a channel yeah me too i used to listen to so the show how many people are not here because they had to leave and don't remember to come back you can't sit through those shows so it's a it's one of those things where I, i'm certain based if only on my own behavior i know that it's it's causing people to not listen but at the same time it's hard to hard to leave a spot that we've developed and you know put work into and run and also know the routine of doing the 10 to to noon spot but hey we're gonna move and i'm guessing in short time we won't even remember what it was like to have to go until noon I'm sure the routine will be very similar. Yeah, and everything just starts an hour <laughs> earlier. Exactly. Yeah. We've got another caller on the line. We've got, uh, calling from Los Osos, we've got Jeff. Welcome to the yes, show, Jeff. Hi, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Morning. Oh, fine. I just wanted to uh, ask a question. To make it's, it's not all that complex, really. Okay. okay. Um, I bought a house in 2006 for a million dollars in Cabrillo Estates. Okay. Um, what happened was that they told me, uh, I kept getting letters from the government saying that my property taxes are going down. And so instead of paying property tax, of ten thousand dollars a year on a million dollar estate, um, 
prices are going down now because of the recession. And and this was continuing uh, last year. Uh, all I had to pay was because they they send you you know they send you an evaluation of your property of what you're going to have to pay. Uh, last year, I only had to pay uh, eight uh, property tax of for they evaluated my property at eight fifty. Okay. So I only had to pay eight thousand five hundred five hundred for a property tax. Sure. And what they're telling me now, after this great recession of you know you know et cetera et cetera, um, they're telling me now that I have to pay that my property tax has gone all the way back in one year. I have to now pay what I paid before in two thousand. In other words. In one year, they're telling me my million-dollar property has come all the way back in one year. From the 850 to the million-dollar value again. That's, and now I have to pay another extra $1,000 for property tax. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the case for the majority of the people in the county. I, I too, bought my home prior to the... The recession. In fact, I bought my home in Morro Bay in 2003 and saw my assessed value go down. What beginning in 2008 or so, um, and it went down pretty dramatically. And then I think this year, the, which what the announcement came out about a month ago, um, I was informed that my value also had not only recovered to the purchase price of my home, but they had also tacked on the cost of living increases that should have occurred um, for each year that I've owned the home. Um, so I'm now up to my fully assessed value. And I, I, I truly think that's the majority of the county is, is facing that same exact situation. In one year, our property, our, our homes have come up to what they were in 2006 that's what the state is saying well don't, don't forget okay first of all it's not the state okay this is happening at our local level and we had tom bornaro on the show several times uh prop 13 sets your property taxes caps its annual growth rate when everybody's property fell was sort of one of the, the reasons why people said, hey, this isn't really fair. Now that my house is worth half, I should be taxed at half. So we did, uh, what was it, Prop 8 at that point? Mm -hmm. Proposition 8 came through, gave a temporary break in your assessment value. Even at that point, all of the verbiage in Prop 8 said, hey, while this is a temporary reduction for you, it doesn't change both your uh, the allowable increases will continue to accumulate, nor is there any protection. Because, right, it can only go up 2% a year. I think that's it. However, yeah. <clears throat> when they remove it uh, in Prop 8, they move your value down. Your tax base might go down by several hundred thousand dollars. 
it doesn't start your cap at 2% over again. It allows it to go back to what your original Prop 13 tax rate is. And and so, yeah, it could hit that right away. I do want to tell you, though, Jeff, you're, you can still, even today, go through it. This is always a process offered by the county assessor's office. Go in and challenge your value if you disagree with it. Uh, they have staff appraisers that I think do a pretty good job. But, hey, they're human, and you can um, prove them wrong. So you can go through the challenge process and go in and appeal that tax base and find out. It's to be based on the actual comparable solds in your area, not just somebody's arbitrary opinion. One more thing. I had, during this time of the last year, I had a reverse mortgage. Okay. And I had an independent guy come out and appraise it and he put it down to 750 so that so all i get from the reverse mortgage is whatever you know i could get and that appraisal is actually admissible as support of value in your cha- your challenge to the assessor so if that's if that's actually what the true fair value is and you know and there's nothing to say that that guy didn't lowball your appraisal whereas the accounting perhaps is on the high side but in either case you could submit that as evidence of a valid, neutral, third-party estimate of value of your property and go through the appeal process to get your tax value back down. At the same time, there's a slightly different method to valuing a property, whether it's an appraisal you know, for a purpose of a loan or appraisal for the county's tax purposes. The county has stated that they will not look at the short sales and those those under market value sales that occur because those are not um, under normal market conditions. They will ignore those sales, whereas an appraiser for the purpose of a refinance will look at those because their goal is to, I mean, really they're they're doing this job for the bank, you know, to provide some security for this loan. Market value based on actual services. Yeah, and so the bank is more a little more conservative in the value valuation of your property because they want to, you know, they don't want to give you the maximum amount. They want to give you a conservative amount of money um, to protect their interests. So they are considering those short sales and foreclosure properties and distress sale type of situations, whereas the county's not. Can I get more money if my property values go up? If I'm on a reverse mortgage, can I get more money out of the reverse mortgage company? It, it, it depends on what type of reverse mortgage you have. And, um, you know, I didn't do that loan for you, so I can't say for sure. But some of them actually do have um, – it, it does an increase, I think, of uh, – Most reverse mortgages, the, the HUD-insured reverse mortgages do have – a they automatically build in a, a, an appreciation component into your loan and they allow you to draw a little bit extra off of your reverse mortgage each year. Um, if you wanted to take advantage of a large jump in value, in property value, to get more money uh, um, with your reverse mortgage, you would probably need to refinance the reverse mortgage altogether. I see. You may Thank be able to do much. some kind of modification type of thing where they just reassess your, your property and they offer you more. Um, that's something you'd have to check with your servicer on specifically. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Jeff. Thanks for the phone call today. Going through that tax process, I think there's a lot of people that really should um, 
look at this website. If you think that your taxes are wonky, it doesn't make sense, or you know that the houses on your street aren't selling for the 450 that you're assessed for, they're all selling for 375. These are the kind of things you can go through and challenge. And we regularly hear about people able to challenge their assessed value and get a lower tax amount. So it's something at least worth looking into. Go check out the website. It's slowcounty.ca.gov. Um, click into the assessor's office and have a look around. You'll you'll find the forms, get some information there that's uh, helpful on that. We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break here. It's 1021. Um, take some time and listen to these sponsors. If they didn't uh, pay for these ads, you'd pay for this show. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right, now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, we're back in action here on Mortgage Matters. Ah, if only you guys could see what happens behind the scenes. I'm back. I'm good. <laughs> I got it. I got I got ensnared in a wire mess. Yeah. Computer charger, broken headphones, swapping out to the new headphones. We try to shield you all from 
the mishaps that happen here. Well, it's not kept the way I would do it. And you know what? <laughs> when I was at my house, like uh, I, I take, I try to do zip ties on like the cables behind the, um, you know, the TV component stuff to try to make it look neat and tidy. Because if you plug them in and weave them through one another, then when you have to switch out one thing, it's like a rat's nest. And I think there's gremlins that still go in and like tangle that crap up. Because no matter how good of a job I do, those wires will still make a, a rat's nest mess. I think it'd be a nice addition to the studio to have a camera in here so people could see what goes on. Behind Dude, the I've been talking about that for years now. Exactly. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. We often. It, it's kind of in a joking manner, but in the office, we... Say that Dan has a face for radio. <laughs> we have these moments that we say, we need to have uh, a show on television. We need to have like an office, the office type of show in our office, because it's pretty comical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's it... drama. There's action. I'm just not willing to do it because I think you open yourself up to an office. That's the reason you're not seeing like... the. <laughs> You're you're opening yourself up to some extreme, you know, uh, just judgment. Plus your trade secrets, everything you do about your business, and I just, yeah, but I'm not they, sure. They might be able to see me giving a little sign language, let's say, to the computer when it doesn't do right. exactly what I want it to do. Right. Sometimes there are gestures <laughs> that, that um, just not replace good. the letters. The words <laughs> we're not supposed to say on the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my, my wife's watching this TV show on um, TV right now. I think her name is Leah Remini. Yes. Does that sound right? That's right. From King of Queens? Yeah, she was on King of Queens. Yeah. So she's got a like a reality show now that's just about her and her family. and I think it's ultimately showcasing her mother, who's pretty bizarre. Uh, but it's pretty fascinating. And I'm watching this thinking, man, if... If people like to watch that, they should come watch our stuff. If, if cameras just followed me from home to yeah. work and all things in between, oh, I gosh. could I could get as many viewers as she can. Totally. And I and I've not even had a nose job. I'll, I'd get one though. <laughs> just for that, right? <laughs> just for my own reality show. <laughs> oh man, oh man. So it's hard for me to remember uh, what we talked about last time we were on the show. I remember that we just um, had had jobless report come out, and that was very good, uh, making months in a row of good recovery in the jobs market. And uh, as I typed these notes up yesterday, um, I, I'm really honestly just thrilled to be able to say that one of the biggest bright points lately has been the jobs market. And if nothing else, the initial jobless claims are where it's at. This has shown us that less people are losing their job, less companies are laying off. Um, the jobless claims this week unexpectedly dropped to an eight year low of 284,000 initial jobless claims. Wow. That's low. That's like exciting, though. For people like us that have been tracking these stats for years, that's really cool. Um, th these numbers were double that for a period of time, for a long period of time. And this is when, um, so now we see this, we're back to pre-recession level initial jobless claims. You know, and I'm not going to allege that all of the jobs that we've created are head of household jobs or great jobs or that income has done everything it needs to do. 
Uh, just the fact that we're just shedding less jobs now consistently is really just great news. Um, the in in that jobless number two, the four week average um, decreased to three hundred and two thousand. So we're a couple of weeks away from seeing the four week moving average actually slip below three hundred thousand. That four week average of three hundred and two thousand hasn't been that low since May of '07. Um, and so when, as I wrote that up, you were talking earlier about thinking about the show. I was thinking about May of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild ride for us. That yeah. was right about the time that the company that we were working for tanked and we were loading up moving trucks to, to come and start central coast lending. And, um, <laughs> so it's so been funny. that long. And when you think about that and really put that into context, you think about, um, everything that we know, everything that we've been through in this last, um, really more than seven years, that's wild to think about. And it's just only now that we're beginning to see the jobless claims settle back into what it was back in that land. So from that standpoint, it makes me think that, um, while the, the employment market isn't fully mended and no one's going to be able to argue that well at all. It's exciting to see that one of the pieces of the puzzle is now on the table, and this is that less people every week are showing up for initial unemployment benefits. Well, and it's starting to be reflected appropriately in the unemployment rate. We saw a huge decline last or this in the July reading. Yep. Well, we're down to six point three nationally. Mm -hmm. I, you know, just to kind of pile on to the good, the good feeling here. Um, some other trends that I think are important to to pay attention to in the employment market. More workers today hold advanced degrees. People who found themselves out of work, a lot of those people went back to school and furthered their education or completed a degree they never did complete initially. So a lot of people over these last seven years have gone out and made themselves more marketable, more educated, um, more prepared to go out and find that job or that that better job than what they have currently so while we may not have seen the head of household jobs or the the wage increases that we'd like to see with with the existing jobs out there i think we're poised for that in the next phase with of our, the recovery with our new more intellectual workforce well we just have we have people who are who are have gone out and made themselves more valuable and they're isn't, ready to take on isn't that more. always the way though i think attendance in in post Post-secondary education, is that what it's called? Post-secondary? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Colleges, vocational schools, these kind of things. Their attendance swells in periods of uh, rough employment. Sure. So um, that's cool. A lot more student loan debt around now. Um, those, <laughs> <laughs> that's been getting a lot of headlines, too, lately. It's uh, amazing what a motivator that debt yeah. can be. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so... And then the other component of the the recovery that it, you know, I for us it's really only two things: it's housing and jobs. There's a few other things in there that we're to care about, like a balanced budget, snore, or um, you know, what else? What else is what else is important? Um, Obamacare. I, I'm sorry, Affordable Care Act, uh, but housing. We started off the week believing that home builder op optimism picked up and that's good news right you if you need some housing put into your uh, market that's short of inventory you got to have some optimistic home builders to start 
You got to have some people that believe they could do it and make a profit, bring a product to market everyone wants. Um, and then right after that, we like we stepped square into the actual stats about um, housing starts for the month of June. Came in on the you got the old womp, 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 womp. housing starts for the month of June came in way below expectations. Um, so low, in fact, that you have to wonder. Are we just starting that much less housing or are the people that estimate this are just terrible at estimating it? <laughs> the, <laughs> the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Whenever I see one of these things miss expectations wildly, I just can't quite understand how or why. It's a pretty broad sample. And if you're paid to estimate it, you should be a little, well, a little bit better at it. <laughs> that was not what, I, not what I was after, but thanks. Um, and then also... Yes, oh, perfect. <laughs> Were those just exceptionally loud in my headphones? Or just exceptionally like, loud. Period. Did, did we just wake people up that They're were from Family Feud? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um. So June was really bad. Also, May was revised even lower. And then we found out on the heels of that that building permits were also less than expected. Um, we were expecting more than a million. Um, we got 900,000. So housing starts was a little bit of a bummer. When you actually dive into it and read it, though, the last few months, the um, the housing starts numbers have been excited about people building apartment complexes and condominiums, lots of big rental housing, as they say that affordability index is slipping out of grasp now. So more and more people will be looking for quality, Rental. affordable rentals. Mm -hmm. Bam. So that was sort of the driver in it. The big drop in um, housing starts for the month of June and the further reduction into May were a result of projects that were five plus units. So again, it's not it's not like we're seeing them pull out of the single family tracks, but we I think we had um, maybe kind of a premature acceleration in terms of the multifamily permits that were being pulled. And then it, it made us think that May and June were going to be huge and they're just a little bit softer. Um, existing home sales, though. So th previously, I was just talking about housing starts. Now we can talk about homes that are uh, the used inventory, homes that have been lived in before. These, um, we learned last week, Existing home sales rose at 2.6% for an annualized pace, um, 500.4 million. This is the highest pace since October of 2013. 5.4. Uh, 5.04 million? Yeah. 500 million would be a lot of houses. That would be many houses. <laughs> I said five. Okay. Did I not? You said five with another word after it that sounded like 100. 5.04. Okay. Can you TiVo me? <laughs> we'll go back. Boop, boop. No, okay. At any rate. Is TiVo um, still a thing? I think so. Okay. Yeah, you know what? When I got my DirecTV, I saw that you could buy a TiVo box, uh, and it even saw the TiVo logo. Um, yeah. Anyway. I was going to get sidetracked there and tell you about how TiVo can save your marriage, but hey, we'll keep going. Uh, June sales pace is still 2.3% below the 5.16 million level a year ago. So it's still a little bit slower, but the good news is, is that existing home sales are still selling at a pretty good pace, um, kind of making it look like there's some good strength there. 
then of course those figures get kind of tied together into um, the home price index and then leads to talk about home values. We spent some time even with Dale Kaiser two weeks ago and then because of the replay last week too, um, we were talking to him about home values and, and whether or not they're um, poised for growth or stability. I've been reading news that suggests that there, I think there's a good split now between people that are estimating home values in the next few years. I was reading yesterday on Forbes that home values are expected ultimately to be flat. It's believed right now that home over values what time period over the next three years that um, the the sort of bounce from that bottom then sort of sent us a little bit high. It's believed that we're about 10% over value of where we should be right now. Um, and in some parts of the country where inventory isn't as stressed, um, those places might actually experience a, a little bit of a dip back down. Um, but the FHFA, this is the Federal Housing Finance Agency, um, this is an index that I've actually grown kind of fond of because I feel like it takes a better analysis than just what the real estate agents are keying into the MLS and then what's happening with public records. This is powered by any loan that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac takes, which is also inclusive of refinances where appraisals are ordered. Those forms are uploaded into it. It calculates out what the um, the home price index is for given areas. And it's it's I feel like it's using a bit more of um, granted, it's it's really still secondary data because you know, they're compiling data of appraisals that are performed by somebody else. But the reality of it is, is that I, I like this index because of that. Um, and this showed that the home price index rose 0.4% in May. Um, so that that's not bad. I mean, I, that's sort of what we expect, right? Everyone was getting nervous when we started saying, hey, 15% a year. Uh, we know what happens when that happens. Um, and the year-over-year year number was up 5.5%. So that's sort of in line with those expectations. I mean, 3 to 6% a year is is would be a fine, healthy, manageable clip for real estate appreciation. And um, so that, that number actually kind of a decent one. Let's see here. Um, I, got it. I have a yeah. few numbers to follow up with you on just taking those home sales figures and and looking a little closer to home statewide in California, we saw similar numbers. Home sales were down year over year, modestly 4.3% um, from June of last year. The home price index, or, the, or I'm sorry, the median home price for California um, was up 11.6%. This is based on sales only, not based on any refinance um, data at all. And when you look at our county, at San Luis Obispo County, 341 homes were sold last month, which is down about 7% from one year ago, um, while prices were up almost 11%. Median home price in June was 460000 in San Luis Obispo County. Yeah. Uh, I always like to take pause here and talk real quick about median too, because in these headlines, it's easy to get confused that median is not average. Um, median is, is ultimately, if you took and stacked them in a list of 100, it's like number 50 or 51, right? It's the middle sale. 
to me, when you see the median, especially in, in light of lower volume, you see the median continue to increase. Yeah, it, it could mean that your house increased in value. When I really look into it, though, to me, what it means is there's a different segment of house that's selling now. And last year, the year before and the year before, so much of this was entry-level housing. So many of these homes across state were like first-time home buyers would were stoked to get their hands on is really inexpensive that that lower piece of the market it was a distress sale yeah. a lot of distress sales the um move up home as well as the um the other homes which are like luxury homes or high-end homes the financing was sort of missing for those and those people that were going to sell their uh inexpensive starter home in hopes of moving up into the next home um, they weren't able to do that until all the starter homes basically sold. And so we're just sort of seeing that progression along. Um, the, the median value, I think we're going to see continue to increase um, as we make our way into a more normal market and see some of that higher end stuff selling. So thought just popped into my head here related to these different, these different um, you know, ways of tracking home prices, whether it's median home price or FHFA index or, you know, Case-Shiller Case Schiller index. You know, they've, they've all got a different twist on how they calculate. I think regarding that FHFA index, I like the fact that it calculates all the appraisals or it takes into account all the appraisals for refinances. Does it factor in sales that are all cash? Does not. Now that's a significant thing there because cash sales are still representing about a Close third. Forty percent. Yeah, over a third of all sales are cash. So that's a lot of data that's not getting included in that index. That is getting included in some of the other indices, but those other indices are missing the refinance stuff. So right. I don't know that there's any perfect, you know, go-to tool for home valuation. Um, you have to kind of take it all into account. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the beauty of the different ones coming out too. Additionally, there's there's other little idiosyncrasies with each one of the index. For example, Case Shiller has a two month lag. Yeah. So it's not very helpful for us to learn now in July what we thought to be true in May proved to be true. <laughs> um that thanks for that. It it may help show the trajectory that things are on, but doesn't exactly show you um how to feel about where you stand today so yeah i do <laughs> i think these other indices could come out 30 days after can't case and Schiller get their act together hey man they, they work at their own pace <laughs> making sure making sure they don't have to do back month revisions okay <laughs> right. hey, that's they a good just point. they get it right they the first it time it just takes a month later <laughs> okay all right hey guys it's uh 10 right now we're gonna go ahead and take commercial break we get back, we'll be uh, rounding out this segment. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got phone calls with uh, questions or comments, um, you can call the studio 543-8830. We'll be back after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. guys welcome back thanks for sticking around um hearing kiss makes me wonder did you guys go to the fair this year i have not been to the fair this year nor have i i think this is the first year that i haven't gone to the fair i'm actually going to i'm going to the ventura county fair next week oh what a traitor what a traitor okay uh the beach boys are going to be there and i love the beach boys and they're free are some of them still alive They're all still alive. Really? Well, except for Dennis. Is um, that dude from Full House still playing drums with them? I'm not John sure. John Stamos? I'm not sure if he's doing that or not. That'd be fun. All yeah, right, we'll a have a good fun. time yeah, with the Beach be Boys. Fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Thursday. I'm, I take or leave the Beach Boys. Uh, I love them. You do? Yeah. Like you have Beach Boys? Like so you listen I to it in your car? I smell a bumper music coming up here after yeah, the next break. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How many albums do Beach Boys have? Oh, gosh. Lots. Lots and lots? Lots and How lots. How come I always hear the same four songs then? 
Well, they're known for a lot of big stuff, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, I'm, I love, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, they're posers too. They like they came off like they were all surfers or something. Like none of them ever surfed. There's one song that they won't perform anymore, and you know why? Surfing USA. No, it's, it's just what, it's one. USA. It's it's kind of a sad thing. Oh, um, Charles Manson oh, was geez. one of the writers of the song. Yeah, crazy, huh? That's terrible. Yeah, but anyway, but let's move right. beyond that. Palate but a, cleanser. But it's a great... <laughs> we need a palate cleanser now. Why don't you tell us a story about a cute yeah. puppy or something? Well, the, 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 probably the royalties, if it gets performed, he gets paid for it. Oh. Yeah, so they, they, they will not perform it anymore. Interesting. Dan, rounding out home sales. Yes. A couple things here. New home sales also released this week. Now, these are different yet than the two classes we've already talked about. We talked about home starts, existing home sales, which are homes that are used, lived already in before, built, yeah. built before. Yeah. Uh, new home sales is the, are those ones that are shiny new. You'll be the first occupant of it. Um, they were expected to be down 5% month over month. The June sales were down 8.1%. No, you never found that, huh? No, I gotta find that. This is such a low budget station. I figure if we we need like the Kramer buttons all over the place so we know just what to do. Um and then they also in the new home sales, they also revised May downward. Um and yeah. To show a gain of 8.3%. Do you remember last month when I shared this one? I know it was me that shared it because I laughed quite a bit about the fact that uh, new home sales were 18.6% increase, but the margin of error was 18.3%. Do, do you remember talking about that? No. I thought that was comical. So basically, they should have just said, we don't know. <laughs> Instead, they said it's 18.6 increase with an 18.3 margin of error. And then the following month here, it was revised. And it was revised to show a gain of 8.3. So it turns out that the margin of error was large. And it wasn't as big of an increase in new home sales as previously thought. The Northeast, by the way, was where the, the big change happened there. But at any rate, it basically is just showing you that new home sales aren't quite selling the way that we hope. In fact, we're even anticipating that the that the pace of these slows and it and it sure has. So um that kind of rounds out this week's housing numbers. Um we have That wasn't me. That, that was, was Dan. Dan. Dan's what are you doing? <laughs> oh, the Kramer buttons. <laughs> yeah. The Kramer buttons. Do right. the baby crying. That's the one I hear I from my those. office. Yeah. And I so run make out. Sure you send those to me again, Dan. <laughs> I have to run out and shut off the TV when uh, the TV when kicks on. over into that, and you start hearing that baby cry thing. Um. So yeah, just real quick though to kind of wrap wrap up the rest of this economic piece that we do here in the first hour. Um, inflation made headlines this week. Surely one of your news articles over there is uh, in reference to inflation. Oh heck yeah. yeah, that's big, big news. 
Well, the feds have been awfully concerned about inflation lately, fearing that we haven't been able to create a desired inflation. And, you know, they're looking for an annualized inflation rate of about 2%. And what? We're there. We're hitting it. Oh, you waved at me like I like I said wrong. Not uh-huh. two. Is it supposed to be three? No, it's supposed to be two. Yeah, it's two. And for the last 12 months, ending in June, prices are up 2.1%. Boom. Bullseye. Push the button for the clapping now. Oh, this should just be... You guys are... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Let me just keep doing I'm doing this to us. Can you even hear it? Yeah. Okay. I'm doing this to us, though. I have a desire to have a... A more upbeat animated show and we're just we're missing oh i get it too i emailed it to you um i'm gonna turn on <clears throat> mic three and put that right over the speaker on my laptop there we go that's pretty good clapping it, it's felt contrived though yeah. it's the kind of clapping where they didn't really want to clap but the person they're clapping for will notice if you didn't participate so it like starts Ooh, yeah all right jim you'd not it wasn't like the eruptive clapping where people just can't hold it right um yeah so what we found out about inflation was that consumer price index um so there's a measure of producer price index as well as consumer price index on the consumer side it was higher than expected for the month of june any guesses as to why that's not where we clap? That's the baby crying part. Things got more expensive, Jim. I'm sorry. It got more expensive because of the cost of fuel. Uh, increased cost in gasoline is what pushed up the consumer price index. Um, and the producer price index um, was also up as well. But as Dan mentioned, oh, that one's... That's not good. All right, we're getting carried away with this now. I'll stop. It's not stopping, though. <laughs> it's done now. All right, thanks. I, 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 I pulled the thing down. Yeah, um, so that was about that. That's what you need to know. There's some inflation, a little bit of inflation finally. It's nothing to be concerned about, but it's nice to see that it's sort of working the way the feds want it to. Um, and... We heard again this week um, more commentary uh, from Janet Yellen discussing uh, interest rates and suggesting that now it seems as though interest rates, as a result of our newfound strength in the jobs market, um, housing doing okay, um, she's she's actually made acknowledgement that the feds are watching this closely, but that if things continue the way they're doing in October, they'll be fully finished with their um, QE3, the Operation Twist, right? Buying mortgage-backed securities have been scaling back on that. They'll be totally out by then. Um, since the actual, not the talk of the tapering, but since the actual tapering began, interest rates have fallen in the face of it. And um, it... Kind of, I think everybody is feeling okay about it now. I think it almost feels like the economy is ready for them to get out of the tapering. Um, and we're now led to believe from um, the Federal Open Market Committee that we're going to see interest rates probably go up by the end of 2015. And the initial projection is probably 1% by the end of that year, uh, a 1% increase over today. So it's uh, kind of interesting to see some of these things winding up. And it's it's 
fascinating to me that it's been seven years how how long this recession's been and um it's i don't think anybody believes that it's clearly over yet i mean we're still monkeying around with pulling levers and pushing buttons trying to create inflation create jobs uh, keep housing stable and keep things on track well i think we've done a good job navigating our way out when you oh there are other parts of the world where they're just getting going i know i was just gonna say you look across the atlantic and still kind of a mess just beginning to go through quantitative easing and interest rate adjustments and things like that and it, it feels good to know that we're winding down that type of behavior and getting back on st to standing on our own two legs you know, you realize, too, that the 10-year bond yield is literally more than a half a point lower today than it was right after the first of the year when tapering began. And It's weird, huh? It's fascinating <laughs> to me. Um, I know we taped some um, New Year's projections on the show. I'll be excited to listen to those at the end of the year. year I know. so far, those are uh, we're off. They're well off. <laughs> I do think one of the projections that I made, and I hope I said so in there when we did that, was that I was thinking that the Dow was likely to be around 20,000 by the end of the year. And I, I still do think that that's, that's possible. Um, but it's, it is pretty fascinating to me to see that 10-year drop as much as it has where we're losing a guaranteed buyer in the Fed that, that's been buying these things. And, and it, it just it should be known that that movement is going to ultimately result in higher prices and it hasn't so um you know one of the things too is that a lot of what we're seeing lately is um increased risk aversion too many people are worried about what's going on overseas the tensions in ukraine sanctions on russia malaysian airline crash um all of these kinds of things, every time these things happen, it does drive dollars back into the U.S. market. Uh, it actually moves money from the stock market over into the bond market, whereas everybody wants to wants to make sure that things are going to be okay and hunkers down into something safe uh, and dependable versus something that might be volatile and erratic like the stock market. Those things... Um, while I, all of us would agree we'd rather not have those kinds of things going on, there's no question that it benefits the, uh, the interest rate market. So we're, we're seeing the benefits of that, but um, you know, obviously those circumstances aren't ideal. <sighs> now what? Stay tuned. Um, we are getting close to that <laughs> mandatory top of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Lindsay Harn from Remax Del Oro. Um, that's going to be an exciting hour coming up. Our last hour uh, at the 11 o'clock time slot. What are you going to do now? Now you need like a song that's like a sad guy. All right, guys. Uh, it's about a five-minute break. Take some time to freshen your coffee. Go do what you got to do. We'll be back for another hour of Mortgage Matters. Thanks for being with us. Stick around. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Thanks so much for being here. Jim, how come the downbeat of that song sounds like gunfire? <laughs> it's like whimsical little keyboards turned to... <laughs> kind of startled me. I love the Beach Boys song. Me too. Go you too? Yes. Growing up, oh man, love the Beach Boys. I think that was maybe my first tape. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, you know, you're kind uh-huh. of a surfer, Dan, and... They were kind of the leaders. Of oh the yeah, surf. you big know, time all, surfers all the Sacramento. big Sacramento oh, yeah. kids are surfers. <laughs> totally. it's, well, that's, that's how you do it. Do. <laughs> I think you surfed out there more. Well, now you got kids, maybe. Well, yeah, time. but not growing up. Oh no, didn't coincide with my Beach Boys phase. You're about as authentic as the Beach Boys, dude. You're a poser too. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hanging out in Sacramento. Listen, I'm, <laughs> hey, I don't think the Beach Boys ever surfed. No, I think one of them they did were busy like hanging out on all the something. different beaches. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know, but I still love them. All right, hey. So for the next hour, here we're going to be joined by Lindsay Harn. She's the uh, team Swayze other half. Is that the fair thing to say? You're, oh, we have to turn on that microphone though, Jim. Thanks, bud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now the rest of the world can hear you. <laughs> right. It's the last time we're going to do this hour, and we're just kind of out of the mode already, right? That's right. I am not. I am actually wanting to finish strong. I'm a strong finisher, and I'll thank you to pay close attention and help me in my oh, quest. Okay, okay. Thanks, man. I got it. I got it. All right. So, hey, right, well, welcome to the show. I got a rough start, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We had um, Hal on the show, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago or so. That was pretty fun. I I like the um so we did we did the first hour of the show already this morning obviously we talked a lot about the um statistical data side of basically we did a little bit about the jobs market we did a lot about housing um what are you laughing at your wife just texted me Oh. And said that you well, your wife texted absolutely me. Absolutely hate the Beach Boys. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, baby. <laughs> I never have, man. It's all I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> You're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, though. It's pretty misleading. Yeah. It's, at least it's yeah. It's not a Beach Boys Hawaiian shirt, though. Let's make that distinction. Yeah. So uh, you're. You're heavily involved in real estate here locally, and um, I mean, part of one of the busiest teams, right? I mean, is there is there anybody that does more volume as a group than you guys do? Um, as of last year, I think we were number one in the county. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, I would I would suggest have your finger on the pulse of what's going on here in in real estate around, and um, so we'll we'll go from the. Uh, sort of the context of everything numerical and maybe move over a little bit into what it means in real life. Um, so since we've already bored everybody's ears off, uh, I'm, I'm curious just to kind of get your take on what, what is it like right now in the, in the real estate economy locally? Yeah, I would describe this as the most normal market that we've seen probably in the past six years. So there are more of an equivalent amount of people buying that are selling. There's not that really shortage of inventory that we experienced last year. So it's a little bit more normal. Things are taking a little bit longer to sell, generally speaking. Um, but there's still certainly some demand in the market, just not quite the spikes in demand. We had, say, you know, 12, 18 months ago when the Fed was you know, the interest rates were low. Promoting everyone totally to buy. Everybody needs to buy. So right. that's, it's kind of more normalized, flattened a little bit. Yeah. All right. So 
Yeah, Dan gave you a funny look when you said that, and I think a little bit. To, now he's like, "Thanks, dude." <laughs> <laughs> I have because you said it feels a little bit more normalized. Um, for a second, I think I raised my eyebrows a little bit too, but okay. I I think I'm I'm tracking with what you're saying. Um, a couple of years ago. It certainly was just a total feeding frenzy. A listing hit the market and people went gangbusters. I remember being in the very awkward position at least a dozen times that year where uh, two or three or four of my clients were all requesting a letter of approval for the same home. Wow. And <laughs> I can't disclose to them that, oh, well, you guys don't have a shot at all because the last one I sent out was for $30,000 more. <laughs> Uh, I've not had that go on now in probably a year and a half to two years. And um, I do still feel like it's a little bit more competitive, though, when something hits the market and is a good deal in a good neighborhood that th that you got to make haste and get to it. But it's not it doesn't feel like it's the usual, you know, like eight, eight people all offering and slugging it out for one place. Yeah, I would agree. There's instead of eight to 10 offers on a well priced property in a really good location, it's more like two to three offers. So it's just quieted down a little bit in that regard. There's not that false urgency that I think was there before. Right. So I would describe it a little bit more normal, I guess. Mm -hmm. When you talk about extended marketing times, mm -hmm. um, where did we come from and where are we right now as far as time time to sell a property um as far as days on the market yeah um like in may the average house that sold in san luis obispo was 41 days on the market in june it was 46 days on the market so the things that are selling are selling relatively quickly the things that stay on the market are averaging like 100 plus days so i think it really comes down to you know, marketing the property right and setting the right price from the beginning um, if, if you want to get the property moved in a, you know, under 60-day time frame. I always laugh at those houses that have been on the market for like 350 days. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. does Did that guy even want to sell that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Is it just for fun? Just trolling a fool, right? Somebody's going to come along that just has to have it and doesn't know anything <laughs> about why it's sat there for so long. Those it's especially are weird when it's a property like under... 700,000 or something like that. Something that seems like either entry level or just the, the next step up for our area, because those are the things that are moving like crazy. And to see something like that, you're just like, did you miss the price completely? Or what is wrong with that house? Does a hoarder oh. live there? <laughs> Indian burial ground. As soon as you walk in the door, the lights start flashing or something. Who knows? Yeah, it's fascinating. Or, or it's like, 10% overpriced and you know like it's close but it's just over and then everyone goes ah I think it's overpriced and they never really reduce it this is going to wait for the market to catch up to it or something I'm kind of surprised by those those marketing time frames because just my anecdotal experiences in our office you know, on a regular basis, I, I see people come in, they decide that they're ready to get pre-approved. And then it seems like within four week period of time, they have found the house, they're ready to, they've made an offer, it's accepted, and we're fully engaged in the in the loan process. So it seems like the people who are motivated and want to buy something, find something pretty darn quickly after getting pre-qualified. Um, I would, I would agree with you. Absolutely. I think there's just fewer of those motivated buyers in the market I see. when you compare to like two years ago when there was 
maybe 15 motivated buyers looking in the same price range. Now maybe there's three or four for a given property. Okay. So it's not, is, is it a matter of people just being more selective or more patient or just less demand altogether? I think a lot of the buyers that were kind of on the fence, like, hey, I can continue to rent or I can go ahead and purchase. I think a lot of those people by the low interest rates and some of the government incentives were pushed into the market. And now those people that were kind of on the fence and got pushed into the market and bought, those people have gone away. So now it's just a more normal amount of people looking. I mean, three to 400 houses, for example, in San Luis sell every single year. But like last year, we had more sales in the city of San Luis and throughout the county, more transactions, more houses turning over than normal. Mm. So I think that kind of is an example of, you know, that those incentives kind of getting more people into the market than would have normally been a buyer. I see. Plus, you got to remember that's an average too. Yeah. So you're going to bring something to market where, you know, sometimes it, it needs to sit there for a few weeks to align the seller's expectations with what the market's actually going to fetch. And that's going to drag those numbers up against the guy that listens well to the realtor and hits the market running and sells the place in the first few days that those things are going to come out average over time yeah i think the good news too in the tribune i think yesterday there was just an article even though the volume of number of transactions is down the values are up so i mean that's good news for everybody yeah we talked a little bit about that earlier and i was curious have you noticed a shift for you guys in your business have you noticed a shift from like the market segment that's selling from first like initial affordable first time homes versus like move up homes or the luxury homes has the the concentration of volume in any one of those categories seem to have changed in the last couple of years? Absolutely. I would say, you know, when they were comparing the values now to 2008, I think the 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 volume of transactions above a million dollars in this county has gone up quite a bit. So the higher end in 2008 was almost non-existent. That market is back, which yeah. is great. Um, also, you've got a lot more move, move up buyers, people that now have equity decided, okay, I, I'm done with my starter home. I'm going to go ahead and put, you know, all my equity into the dream home or to the, to the next step. And, and on the same note, you've got the retirees like okay now i'm gonna actually go ahead and downsize so a lot more people selling to move up or down you know depending on their life mm -hmm. situation i was having this conversation with a friend just this week um, and what we were talking about was sort of the way the lending community changed over um, from like 2005 going into the crash and it was at first, you know, the, the NEGAM loans and interest-only loans and 100% financing, all these things created this affordability that didn't otherwise exist for people. So a guy that probably needed to own and could afford a $400,000 house had the opportunity to buy a $600,000 house. And so with those loan programs and that false affordability, we saw things go up farther than they should have and um, people able to overbuy. Today, it's nice to have confidence in the fact that everybody that's buying today can afford what they're buying and has a long-term plan for it. Um, in 2008, jumbo loans were like impossible to find. Those were the those things went running far and fast, and 
we talked for years about just it's going to take some jumbo lender to sort of come out of the shadows and say uh we'll do it and do a private security and start moving those and that really happened a few years ago um, redwood trust was one of the first big ones that started making private label jumbo financing since that's happened and that's been going on i mean we're offering now 90 percent jumbo loans with no mortgage insurance wow yeah and and that's that's actually a good product from a reputable bank and sort of normal now um, to see a lot of companies are willing to offer that. That was far from existence in 2008. So I, I think actually that segment of market, once that word gets out more and more, we're only going to see more of those homes start moving and selling. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I The other thing that I always like to, um, to find out when we have a real estate agent on the show here is... Um, what what areas around the county or um, is there any opportunities or um, like glaring needs or things like that that you that you see around the county a place that is a great opportunity to invest for one reason or another well i think with the interest rates i mean what what were rates on friday a 30-year fix is probably comfortably around four and four to four and an eighth depending on people's profile and whether or not they want to play points yeah that's pretty amazing so i think with the interest rates the way they are and this is the strongest rental market i've ever seen um, both in san luis and all the surrounding areas the investment market the second home market is doing really really well because there are so many people wanting to take advantage of you know, getting locked in on a 30 year fixed at 4% or four and a quarter, and then being able to, you know, the demand for tenants is there. So I've got a couple people, you know, a couple great clients going out there, you know, buying investments, kind of wherever it makes sense that the San Luis market, a rental market is doing extremely well, uh, the strongest I've ever seen it. Uh, but same with the North County rental market and, and things like that. So it's a really good time if you're renting to consider, hey, rather than paying someone else's mortgage, maybe I should go ahead and, and start paying my own. And for the people that want rental income, there are some definite good opportunities in the marketplace. I've heard that the rental prices in San Luis Obispo have have reached somewhere around about a thousand dollars a bedroom in like the three to four bedroom homes, um, which is astronomical compared to when I was in school at Cal Poly. I think my first room in 1999 was I maybe paid three or four hundred dollars for. So it's more than doubled in what? Gosh, how old am I now? <laughs> 16 years. Wow. Uh -huh. um, so it's been a while. Do you have that crying baby thing again? <laughs> but I've heard that this that these prices that we're seeing in San Luis are what's affecting those other areas, North County and the coast and South County, because there aren't not everyone can afford a thousand dollars a bedroom. They're forced out into these other communities, and now those communities are impacted. Their their rents are rising up above five, six, seven hundred dollars a bedroom. Yeah. And absolutely. it's great if you own the home. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's tough when you're the renter. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess it's a little motivation for that renter to consider the option of, of buying a home rather than renting. Yeah. If only there were some $300,000 homes available to buy, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where do those exist? Um, I, I have a client right now that's um, just found one. 
It's a it's over the grade and it's small. You got to buy like an eleven hundred square foot pad when you want to spend three hundred thousand. But but it is on a quarter acre standalone little house. So th those deals are out there. We've talked long about that. Um, we market that on our website, blog about it. We talk about it on the radio show. People need to get pre-qualified and come see what the possibilities are because I, it, we came through this season of people said, oh, the banks don't want to lend any money. The, the feds gave them all this money at no percent. They're just hoarding it all. And everybody knows that. That is actually totally not true. Um, and the reality is, is that income qualification is based on your gross income so it's not even your take-home pay i still think that's outrageous but it's true so people qualify generally for more than they want to pay um, the credit criteria is looser today than it's been in years uh, many of the programs have dumbed down the credit score minimums down to as low as 550 for some loan programs that is wild that is full-blown subprime credit land um, and debt to income ratios on most products, you could get comfortably, um, in the 40 to 50% range before you have an issue. Uh, so my, my point is with rising costs of rents, um, if you want to be a landlord, that's a great idea. There's always going to be tenants out there, but if you're ready to, to take a look at the difference between what you're paying in rent and what it might cost to be able to buy something, um, more people I think should step forward and, and do that. They're, I'm working with a couple this week that are buying a, a place up in Atascadero um, using a USDA loan with no, no down payment, 100% financing. And I mean, it, it's fascinating to me. Uh, and yeah, those increasing rents are only going to make that... Um, the disparity grows wider and we'll see that that i think is one of the reasons why real estate values aren't likely to go down either especially now that rents are s supporting the the current market yeah i i couldn't agree more i always tell people if you're thinking about getting into the housing market whether you think you're a year out or a year and a half out go sit down with a lender mm -hmm figure out what your situation is so you can strategize and, and be ready because having that information is invaluable. And I, I probably, that's the first advice Hal gave me, go sit down with the lender and get pre-approved. I said, I can't buy a house. I've only been working here six months. He goes, go do your homework, get organized. Something will come up and you want to be ready. Yeah. That's good advice. That is Off, good advice. Every now and then you'll encounter someone who has a, a credit blemish that they had no idea existed, maybe even be erroneous takes time to clear that up there are little Sometimes things down payment can be an issue sourcing a down payment so you need to get your ducks in a row there so there's there it's a good idea to you know take that first step even if you are a year or so out sometimes there's tax planning that you need to to go through and that's stuff that that we could help you with we do need to take a quick commercial break we're joined today um, in the studio by lindsey harn she's with remax in san luis obispo um, we'll have more with lindsey when we come back from this quick commercial break to ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve. 
and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Come on. Yeah. How can you not like that? Yeah. This is great pop music. Right I now. like Sloop John B. That's probably my favorite Beach Boys song. That the Little Deuce Coop song? No. Totally oh. different. That's the Little Deuce Coop. Oh, good. Yeah, that'd be Little Deuce Coop. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We'll good vibrations <laughs> next. Just to kind of maybe change your mind about the Beach Boys. Yeah. Those who can't Maybe surf, not. sing about it. <laughs> All right, folks, we're here uh, on Mortgage Matters. It's our last um, last time being on this 11 to noon hour. Next Saturday, we start our new time slot, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. So if you're listening right now, you better uh, change your habits, change your, change your Saturday ritual. Because we won't be here at this time. I want to um, see if we can make this gal here blush. I I, pull, <laughs> I pulled up the website, um, was just kind of poking around for something relevant, and I just wanted to to read this to you. It says. We are very pleased with the Remax Del Oro real estate team. They did a wonderful job getting us through the process of purchasing our home in a timely manner. Lindsay was wonderful to work with, incredibly kind and patient, also very quick to understand the kind of home we were looking for. That removes so much of the frustration in finding and purchasing a home. Quick to respond to all communication. It goes on and on. It seems like um, I, these testimonials to me, I always, uh, I, I feel like I'm kind of dismissive of them. I'm a pretty cynical person. Like, you know, people will cherry pick their good ones. But um, those are all the things you want to hear. 
like you know people thrilled about um your being able to hear their needs and and help them and respond quickly that's all pretty good stuff it seems like um everything i ever hear about you guys is what a well-oiled machine it is dan sort of alluded to it during the break but to talk a little bit about how is this company so successful you're certainly not spending the money on advertising of some of the other firms around town um what is it um well i was fortunate enough obviously to learn from the best hal swayze who's my business partner so he introduced me to the business and, and got me set up with a really good background and i think all the skills to really do a good job for my clients um but i think you know the, the, just like you said, those testimonials, every single client is a walking testimonial. If, if you do a good job for someone, they're likely to tell four people they know. If you do a bad, bad job for someone or have a bad experience, they'll tell 20 to 25 people <laughs> about uh, your, your screw up more or less. So I think um, we've got a really, really good database and we've got a really, really good set of past customers that are, are satisfied. And so they are really the, you know, the backbone of our business uh, probably 40 to 50 percent of what we do comes from those happy customers that uh, we follow up with so most realtors sell a house get their check and you know they're off we have a way of following up hey did you did you get your closing statement do you need a painter a plumber did you get your home warranty following up on all those details and, and then checking back in with them a year later? Hey, values are up. Maybe it's time to get rid of that mortgage insurance. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So just following through and uh, staying in communication with them throughout the process. I bet you I've done in the last year, I'll bet you I've done eight or 10 transactions with your guys's office and uh, Melody as the coordinator always, I know it's her and I always love it because pretty much as soon as we get cracking, She'll send me an email, and and you would think that this is going to be standard in the industry coming from everybody's transaction coordinator, and if you don't have one that you're doing it yourself, but to say, hey, here's an opening email, here's the people involved in their role and contact information, here's the timeline and any other pertinent information that needs to be known, and you can just see that they're, that it's built around a system. And um, it's fascinating to me that uh, you guys are one of very few, by example, that actually do that really? every single time. Yeah, um, we, our business today, I mean, uh, my business, I'll give you an idea. So far this month, I've closed seven transactions, almost eight that are just mine. Um, these are all purchase loans and they're coming from all over the place generally, you know, and I'm obviously I'm working with the buyer, so I don't have a lot of, um, relationship with big listing agents and stuff, but I see you all, right. I get all of your stuff and I see how we go through the transaction together. It's, it's very rare that somebody's that organized and you would think that would just be the norm. So, and I know from experience that that's how your guys' whole company runs is there's a, a procedure and a practice and an organized way really to do everything. It's all about the systems. And without having been inside to see it, I know it's that way, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the very best way to avoid a problem or avoid delays is having communication. So if, you know, we can say, hey, here are, here are the timelines. Do you see any issues making clothes, any issues getting the appraisal ordered so we can meet contingencies? Just having that open line of communication from day one is huge. Um, 
you know, I've seen other agents and other companies, it's like, oh, you know, it's day five of the transaction and the lender's like, oh, I, the, the, the uh, other, the buyer's agent didn't even tell us we've got an escrow. I, now I've, now I'm five days behind and got a scramble. So I, you know, we just take it upon ourselves. Hey, we'll do our job. We'll do their job. We want to make sure the transaction goes best for our client, your client. If we're on the selling side, everybody involved want to make it just go as seamless as possible. That's good. It really is. It's true. And just this week I got caught in that spot where um, a transaction was on its fifth day. It's funny that you even say that time frame, but it was on its fifth day and neither the buyer nor their agent told me. And so um, all of a sudden everyone's going, hey, did you order the appraisal yet? And I'm like, on what? You know, and I'm just, I'm hung out. And then of course, when we end up getting the approval and ordering the appraisal and going through all the steps, all of it now is all backed up and they'll forget that they burned the first five days. And it's yeah. just, it's assumed that it's me. Why is this loan taking so long? It shouldn't take this long. It's like, well, you all didn't tell me that it was like, you know, the race had started. So <laughs> you're on the third lap and I'm just taking off. That's a pretty frustrating thing. So I, I can certainly appreciate that. Um, Communication and follow through in this business. You just have to do it. Yeah. I, I wanted to, we sort of jumped in this thing pretty feet first too. Another thing that I, I, um, I wanted just to, to sort of have you just talk about a little bit is um, I love finding young professionals that have chosen real estate industry as a profession. Um, we, and you know, I, I think you and I are of a similar generation. I'll, I'll just take it and say, I know I'm older than you. I, I definitely look older than you, but, um, we've been in the business a similar amount of time. And, um, a lot of real estate is stereotypically, and it's not just stereotypical. You can read about it in NAR and CAR. It's a lot of older people. And oftentimes it's been sort of a second, um, a second career for people that are like trying to supplement income or whatever. I love meeting people that are young and after it, get out of college, hop right into real estate, plug in and start wailing away. Um, it's not something that is like encouraged or expected. Did you ever think that you were going to be a real estate agent when you were growing up? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how's that happen? Um, I graduated from Cal Poly, wanted to stay in the area, wasn't sure how I was going to manage, you know, getting a sufficient income just to stay and afford rent. Like we talked about, the rents mm -hmm. are pretty high. Um, stayed on uh, through a nonprofit, was doing some part-time work, event planning, and I met Hal Swayze and he said, hey, come uh, fill in, help me out with some of my marketing. And two years later, I was licensed and uh, started selling real estate. So definitely uh, by accident, but probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. And you think you'll do it forever now? I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I feel that way too. Although there are days, I have days where I'm like, why do I do this again? Um, but yeah, I, I think that way too. Is it is I oftentimes my other friends that they work at the state or wherever, Cal Poly and stuff. And I'm like, geez, that seems like such a boring thing to do. Oftentimes in my life, I I feel like I'm a crisis manager as a loan officer. I'm just constantly trying to figure out how to keep everything on track and keep everyone calm and working together. Um, but it is super exciting. Uh, and there's a lot of emotional ups and downs too. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dan thinks I'm like bipolar. In... You uh, you are, but most people I think in real estate are. There's extreme <laughs> highs and extreme lows, and not a lot of middle ground. No. Managing crisis is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the the best terms is everybody's freaking out, so you need to be the calming influence because me freaking out doesn't help the client no. <laughs> whatsoever because they're freaking out. Oh my gosh, I'm spending every single dime I've earned. You know. Yeah, to, it's to, a to... very emotional transaction. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially now, because I mean, the some of the older generation have been through real estate cycles in the past. I never have. So this was my first go round. Uh, it was very, very eye opening for me to realize that not only is it nervous and you're going to put so much money into it, but you can't help but wonder like, okay, is this the perfect house for me? You know, there's a couple of areas that I'm settling on. There's a couple things about it that I totally love. It's not a very like liquid thing. So you can't really like change your mind too quick. There's a lot of cost that goes into it. And then at the same time, we just learned that real estate can be crazy volatile and do some things that are, that's not fun to be a part of. I saw so many people lose so much money and then panic and make a terrible decision and then lose a lot more. But it's, it is really one of those things where for all of those reasons, it's like exciting and terrifying and it's rewarding, but so scary and everything about it is sets the stage for some pretty volatile, um, emotions and, uh, and processes. I, I like to think that I'm pretty even keel in the transaction too, but it, you know, you have those days where it's the third or fourth, um, three alarm fire in a row where you just yeah. sort of going, man, <laughs> what else is going to happen today? I got, if I hadn't got out of bed today, would have all of this happened? Maybe I could have just slept through it and not, not had problems, but it's uh, 1140 now. So we're going to do commercial break. Um, if you guys want to call in and ask a question, uh, you can call. I'm sure Lindsay would be happy to answer any of your questions. I know that Dan would. Um, whether or not you call, I'm sure we're going to come back with some terrible Beach Boys music. So if you're going to go get a cup of coffee or whatever, save yourself. Come back 30 seconds late. We'll be back in a minute for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle all right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. For those of us that are in the studio, we had the monitors blaring the studio just for Jason. <laughs> All right, good times. I looked up... Um, Bands that suck and the Beach Boys were on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I can't share with you guys anything more about that article because one of my favorite bands was number one. Oh man, boo! <laughs> was number one? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, it was like number ten is Captain Beefheart and his Magic Band. I've never even never heard, heard, of, heard that. of them. <laughs> Me either. Metallica. Uh, yeah, I heard of them. So this is bands you either love or hate. Yeah. Uh, number eight, U2. I hate me some U2. I, I'm, not a big, I'm not a huge fan either. <laughs> That's terrible music. Um, Aerosmith? Yeah, I got to disagree with that. Well, it's love or hate. Right. And in and that... I'm on the love side on that one. Only 2.7% of people um, don't like Aerosmith, evidently. Sonic Youth. I don't even know what that means. Elvis Presley. Mm. People don't like Elvis. Pretty not. controversial guy. Oh, that's then... right. Good point. <laughs> all yeah. that, all that hip thrusting <laughs> <laughs> that he stole from Forrest Gump. He was totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We he was an impersonator. Velvet Underground, the Eagles, and then of course the Grateful the Dead. Come on. And that appears as though the Grateful Dead leads the charts in um, people Googling the Grateful Dead suck. So that's too bad. All right. All right. Moving on from that. That article is obviously worthless. 
There you go. Now that's some good music. That's some good music. Why don't we come back from the break always with Grateful Dead? <laughs> because there's a lot of people that hate them, apparently. No, not much more than the Beach Boys. <laughs> barely edged them out. All right. Lindsay, you brought some paperwork in front of you, and I, I can't help but wonder if any of that stuff is things you want to talk about. There's even some listings, maybe? Yep. I, I came prepared. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Um, yeah, well, on our website, which is teamswayze.com, we've got a really useful tool for both buyers and homeowners. Um, you can actually log onto our website, and on the homepage, you can type in your personal address or the address of a property you're thinking of purchasing <laughs> or that you might be interested in, and it'll actually send you a weekly or monthly reports on new comps in the area and uh, give you an update on your property value. So that's pretty exciting and a great way for people to kind of monitor exactly where their equity is or uh, for a buyer to get basically a free CMA on a property they may be interested in purchasing. Yeah. Um, how many listings at any one time does um, your team usually have? I would say on average, we probably have anywhere between 20 or 30 listings at, at any given time. And who rounds out the team? How many of there? How many of you guys are there? Uh, basically, Hal and myself sell. Hal represents sellers, and then I pretty much work with 100% of our buyers. So we split our workload like that. It it helps us specialize. Representing a seller and representing a buyer are two very different things. Indeed. Uh, so it allows us to specialize. And then we've got a, a great uh, transaction coordinator, Melody, who you spoke of, and then a, a great listing quarter, uh, coordinator, Vicky, who does all the photos, does all the marketing, and, and helps us you know, polish our all of our uh, listings there on the internet. That's pretty good. So it's the four of you. Yeah, Fab Four. And uh, we actually just acquired a fifth member of our team who's got about – 15 to 20 years of ex escrow experience. So we're really excited to have uh, Angie Souza on board, who's you probably dealt with in the past. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Wow. What's she going to be doing for you guys? Uh, just backing up, you know, Melody's handling 20 to 30 escrows at any given time. And so we just want to have basically a plus customer service. So I think we've really set ourselves up so we can continue to grow. And uh, we've got basically the dream team, as I call it, on our side for backup. So I'm really excited about uh, what the rest of the year has to hold. Yeah, that's great. Um, so. Dan, you were Dan was talking. What was the gal that was running the ad about um, looking for uh, marketing her buyers? Yeah, there was a an agent who we had on the show a few weeks back, um, Kristen Crabtree from Century Twenty One. She had a very unique ad about what was it? The Yikes ad. Um, she's got buyers who can't find houses. Right. Absolutely. Do you see that ad? I haven't seen the ad, but I've heard of similar yeah. marketing strategies it was pretty clever i yeah. hadn't seen that here locally um so yeah i thought that was that's pretty smart yeah in so in your in your estimation though things feel like they're relatively balanced right now fairly fairly balanced i mean there are still multiple offers on on properties of uh, values are up but i'd say yeah the market has a, a really good pace and uh it seems to be in a pretty good situation when you talk about like days on market and and that are are all the cities experiencing similar trends or are certain cities performing better than others as far as marketing time frames and and price 
trends? Yeah, right now San Luis Obispo, at least for the first half of the year, seems to have remained more steady as far as number of transactions. Some of the other communities have slowed down a little bit more, uh, but you know, the values are up, so it's kind of misleading when you say transactions are down, but property values are higher. Um, I think it just, again, goes back to that demand and just more of a normal feeling market. As I'm sitting here looking over your shoulder at some of these charts, um, I see one number that just jumps off the page at me, and probably because I live there. In Morro Bay, I see days on market, almost 200 days in May. Is that is there something odd going on there? That seems like a an abnormally long marketing time for... i think it's just because the it's so foggy they can't see the street sign perhaps so you have to like wait until you can get your way yeah no, yeah no. is that right. not it no that's what i tell people all the time so much fog you don't want to live here it's terrible yeah but if <laughs> you if, if you go one column up you'll see that the the pending sales for may average 93 days on the market and if we go forward to june uh, the average days on the market was 66 and then wow what's uh, the that, that's a huge change yeah so again these are averages so you have a couple properties in morro bay a low volume i think is part of what's going to push those around sure yeah and you think of morro bay it does better during the spring you've got a lot more demand a lot more of second home buyers investors people cooling off and going oh my gosh get me out of the heat i, I need yeah. a place over here permanently. need to go to the fog yeah. right there <laughs> i love the fog <laughs> <laughs> hey i was curious to know um what are your thoughts about um the impact of like Sierra Meadows, for example, Sierra Meadows, however you say it, the, the new housing project that's going in right now. Do you see that as having a big impact and um, to the to the housing market or uh, it, it values anything along those lines? You know, I, I don't see it as being a huge impact. If you look at San Luis Obispo in general, which is where Sierra Meadows obviously is, we're pretty much landlocked. There's been almost no new construction um, on a large scale, probably since like the arbors and that area went in. I'm trying to think. You know, we've had a couple small builders build three or four, three or four homes here, a couple condos or, or lofts here or there, but there's virtually been no new building. So I think they're simply just meeting a, a long overdue demand for a, a little bit more housing. Yeah. Um, Does it? Um from your guys's perspective are those are those houses that you'll sell or do people just go straight to those tracks yeah um we've had a couple of clients get registered over there um basically if you have an agent they'll cooperate with you 100 percent. so that's been uh, really good yeah the new construction stuff around the county is always a source of frustration for me they're end up with lenders. yeah they get yeah. a preferred lender relationship and oftentimes there's some closing cost credit that's so outrageous it doesn't even seem to make sense all you can really think is that the builder is offering such a huge credit just for the control aspect of knowing who's involved and you know hopefully being able to control or at least depend a little bit more on the transaction closing on time uh, but those are those ones are really frustrating. Yeah, I, I did, imagine. however, hear recently that the CFPB is looking right into that, and that practice is supposed to be over in the next couple of years. 
So we'll see about that. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, the idea is that in, lately through Dodd-Frank and so much of the financial reform that affects the actual loan originations, the, the end goal has really been to level the playing field for the consumer, to remove market manipulation, to remove steering, to remove um, people's lack of ability to get out and find good options that aren't confusing or convoluted and what you find is um, when there's such a big builder concession towards a, a buyer's closing costs uh, getting pre-qualified is still kind of a hassle you got to do a loan application you got to give your paychecks and your bank statements and w-2s and tax returns maybe a divorce decree or a, you know all these different things and by the time you get to the end of that, do you really want to go pick up and do that again with somebody else? Just start it all over again. Um, most of the time, you're going to go through that process one time. And so you sort of become a captive audience. And, and that particular lender, oftentimes their loan programs are limited. Their interest rates and closing costs are not typically very competitive because they have a captive audience. And so the thought now based on, you know, the, the CFPB has been that these practices are not encouraging people to be able to go shop and find competitive, straightforward offers from companies that aren't steering or having a captive audience. And um, so it makes sense to me. I, I can't believe that um, it's gone on really as long as it has, but. Yeah, I had a client uh, purchase a new home in Atascadero, and it was like they thought about getting a loan just to save 5000 bucks off the price. And they ended up paying cash, and we were able to negotiate that, that same $5,000 off of the purchase price. But for a while, the builder was just like, no, you only get that $5,000 incentive if you get a financing. And here's clients that don't need financing at all, but it, hmm. it almost became, uh, you know, maybe I should take advantage of this free money. Yeah. I heard another interesting thing about one of those developments up in Atascadero where um, they were there was a couple that was wanting to buy a home, but it needed to be contingent on the sale of this other home, and they would only accept it provided that their real estate company got to list these people's other home. Interesting. So the real estate agent that ultimately brought them to that transaction ended up getting cut out of the deal and basically had to bow out and let their client go on to do it because it was the house they wanted. But um, the the new construction stuff to me still feels like kind of the good old boy network. Like there's some weird things that happen in there that don't feel totally above board. So I think as a rule, I feel a little bit jaded by the new construction stuff. Yeah. And heck, maybe that'd be different if I was the guy sitting the... If you were the preferred the, Yeah, man. Yeah. Just well, able to always, mop up on a captive audience. Yeah. Well, it's always worth a phone call because a couple of, you know, you never know. Maybe you want to be next on the list when somebody uh, gets let go. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I actually got asked recently if I wanted to be a preferred lender on a new project that's going in in North County. And my first thought was, yeah. And then yeah. the next thing I thought was like, wow, I've I've kind of like poo-pooed on this idea for years. And now all of a sudden I'm like, yep, sign me up. You also have to think how many people visit a new construction site and how many actually go through with it. It's like, I'm guessing one in 20, one in 25. You know, you get a yeah. lot of looky-loos. You do a lot of probably prequals and then people Not walk much. pretty easy. Yeah. Well, and I do, I have always felt like our company is, um, I mean, by design, we, we've, we've geared ourselves in a way that we, 
we work with 50 different banks so that we can offer financing. I, I mean, I usually can say with confidence, if it's lendable, we can do it. And if it's not, you're in big trouble. Um, but it, it's one of those things where if, if we were the preferred lender, I like to think that we would be able to offer really competitive rates and products and the whole variety and get those people the, the builder discounts. I feel like if I did it, it would be a little bit different and a little bit better. Um, but, you know, I, don't we all, all think our stuff's the best? <laughs> I sure do. Sounds like you're going to get your shot to prove it here maybe, huh? Yeah. We'll see. So. Time will tell. I'll let you know how it shapes <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, man, we're like drawn dead. There's like three minutes to go. You know, maybe we should just turn on some more Beach Boys and just <laughs> usher us out. Don't he goes right for the mouse and just yeah. immediately starts uh -oh, picking up. Uh oh, we got to think of something quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no more Beach Boys. <laughs> I'm curious um, today. You know, who would be a good client for you, Lindsay? Who you know, obviously you're working with buyers, it sounds yep. like most often. What what buyer do you think would be a good match for you? Um, you know, based on, I, I work with a, a large variety of buyers. I would say, you know, first time buyers are fun, super exciting, and, and we've definitely got, I think, the I've definitely got the expertise to kind of walk them through the process of that. Um, also, you know, second home buyers, investors, we. I help a lot of people in that situation out. I, I think the main thing is when I first meet with a new client, whether it's their 50th home or their first home, it's just I we go through a, a questionnaire that I've made up where it's like, okay, what's important to you about finding the home? What can you tell me about what you're looking for? So just coming up with kind of a wish list. And, and then it makes my job a lot easier. Like you read that testimonial. My expertise comes in with taking a home and a person and putting them together, you know, in an efficient manner. So if we go through that process and that questionnaire and they kind of identify what they're looking for, it helps me go find them the right home by searching MLS, but we'll also just go off MLS and go, okay, which of our clients in our database of 2,500 has been thinking of selling? Maybe I can go find this person a house if it's not available. Do you ever find people resistant to that process? Uh, the buyers? Yeah. Oh, no, they absolutely love it. Okay. I mean, you bring someone in a low inventory market, a house before it hits the market, they're, they're stoked and uh, definitely sure. going to be clients for life. <laughs> How can we get a hold of you, Lindsay? Um, you can call me at 805-781-3750. Awesome. Thank you very much for being on today. It's really our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Dan, um, you didn't ask, but an ideal client for me is Who's an ideal client for somebody you, that Jason? wants to get pre-qualified to buy a home that's looking for a primary residence or an investment property even a, a vacation home of, of some fashion we can finance pretty much anything now so um if you guys are interested at all give us a call 543 loan which is 543-5626 or find us on the web we're at centralcoastlending.com Lindsay, thanks again for being here today we'll be back next week but remember the show next week starts at 9, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs>